Hey, class, it's Ashley, and this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. If you're not already following us on social, follow us on Instagram at School on Life Podcast. That's at S-C-H-O-L-I-N Life Podcast. Also, check us out on Facebook at School on Life Pod. That's at S-C-H-O-L-I-N Life Pod. We love to connect with our audience on Instagram and Facebook and look forward to you sharing your favorite part of episodes, uh, sharing um, what you what you enjoyed about uh, that week's episode and any feedback or I digress topics you'd like us to cover in the future. In Mentoring Moment this week, I want to talk about transferable skills. Too often, professional women aren't being thoughtful about how to leverage their transferable skills to advance their career. It is critical that you never downplay your skills or expertise, but that you lead with your value and your marketability. And one of the ways for you to do that is to leverage transferable skills. Too often, the mundane, the little, the unimportant things that you do in your work, you think that they don't have value and thus you downplay them. You shrink and you feel stuck when you're applying for jobs, promotions, or advocating for yourself and your ideas as you advance your career. But it's important to know the most common skills that professional women have and to know how to leverage them in an impactful and meaningful way. I'm going to share four of the top skills that even new and mid-level professionals have. I'm going to talk about what they are, what they look like um, for you right now, and how to speak to this skill in an impactful way. So first up, supervising students, volunteers, or members of an organization. Leading people is a skill set. No one's born born a leader. It's a skill set that you refine and you define over time. And the work that you've done, even if it's with volunteers, students, or members of an organization, it's, it's important because you've led people. You facilitate or coordinated a volunteer program, or you joined a community organization and you lead people there, and that counts. You want to be sure to speak to this skill by quantifying the number of people you've worked with and how you led and trained them to achieve a goal that's aligned with the priorities of the organization. The next skill that I want to talk about is customer service. The high can I help you is an important skill. These kinds of jobs in customer service provide an opportunity for you to proactively serve your customers, your clients. You maybe fulfilled orders, you helped guests navigate a store or menu items. Maybe you made recommendations on look or fit or taste. And oftentimes in customer service jobs, you also have to diffuse or resolve customer concerns. This is a high level skill, but it's all about your ability to articulate the skill in a meaningful way. I want to make sure that when you're talking about your customer service background, that you speak to the speed and efficiency of the work that you conducted. Speak to the volume of the people you served and the relationship and rapport that you built with customers, clients, students, or whoever your stakeholders are to drive results. Next up is marketing and communications for programs and events. If you've ever been responsible for developing, designing, and delivering a flyer, a newsletter, a blog, an email for an organization, you have a valuable and transferable skill. It's important that you speak to your attention to detail in creating and finalizing these communications. Reference the different types of technologies that you might have used uh, to develop um, these communications and speak to um, the experiences the su- experiences and success the events that you put on had through your marketing and promotion efforts. Too often professional women, often professional women don't need another degree. 
Instead, what they need to do is leverage the skills and expertise they already have to position themselves as experts. These are three specific ways that you can do that with three very common skills. Want to learn more about how to position yourself as an expert and leverage your skills to advance your career? Then apply for Mentor Me programs. I'm accepting new mentees right now, and you can apply to work with me on my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. So when I, I digress this week, I'm excited to talk about two common experiences, jealousy and grief. Um, someone I follow on Instagram, her name's T. Alexander. She is um, a um, counselor and she's, uh, I think, currently in a grad program for um, earning her um, licensure in, in counseling. And she, she talked about the connection between jealousy and grief, um, and it really resonated with me. One of the things that I've experienced over the course of my career um, is times when, you know, um, a friend had great news about a raise or a promotion or a lavish lifestyle that they were living. They might have had great news about some milestone that they hit in their life. And of course, I was happy for them because they're a friend, right? I'm happy and excited for their good news. I'm happy and excited for what's next for them. I'm happy and excited for all the ways that, you know, achieving this milestone is going to advance their life, maybe their career, maybe, um, you know, uh, their, their lifestyle, like what's available to them. But I also um, in those times can remember feeling um, grief, right? Because it maybe hadn't happened for me, right? Like I hadn't gotten the razor promotion. I wasn't being successful in my work. I didn't, you know, get a chance to make the big move across country or, you know, I didn't get engaged or whatever. And so when my friends are experiencing these huge milestones in their life, Again, of course, I'm happy for them and excited for them, but I'm also experiencing some grief um, and maybe some sadness because it hasn't happened for me. But often what, what that comes off as or what people perceive the grief that you're experiencing, it comes off as jealousy, right? It comes off as like, um, you know, oh, like you're not happy for me. You're just mad. You're just jealous that you don't have it. You're just jealous that you aren't. it isn't your turn. And of course, you know, as a friend, you comment, yes, I'm so happy for you, you know, on their picture on Instagram. But the, behind the scenes, maybe you're questioning your ability, your worthiness and God about why the same hasn't happened to you. And I definitely want to know if you've experienced this. Feel free to hop in my DMs. Feel free to share um, if this is something that you've experienced, because it's something that I have. And I experienced a lot of like cognitive cognitive dissonance around this because sometimes the grief and jealousy has popped up for me even when it's something that I didn't want for my life <laughs> even when it's something that I really didn't even like don't even desire for my life or like when it's something that like I never even said I want it seeing somebody else have it and seeing like seeing them experience joy in a way that maybe I haven't experienced joy um is like disillusion disillusioning like it, it's it's con it, it's confusing um, and then you start to question, well, do I really want that? Is this something that's important to me? Like, and then I often have also experienced the like, oh, like everyone's experiencing this, but me. And even if, even if I don't want to, even if I didn't want to experience it, or I said, I didn't want to experience it, just seeing other people experience it can be disjointing. Um, for example, um, I remember in college, um, I had made the decision not to drink alcohol, right? Like I went to college at 17. I was pretty young for my age, age in college, I also kind of felt a little immature, to be honest, like, and it, I feel like 
it's wild to me that back then I even knew I was immature, but basically like I, I knew that I was not mature enough to drink alcohol. Like I knew that I wasn't mature enough to like manage and handle alcohol in a way that I could be safe with it. And so I chose not to drink alcohol and I would see my friends drinking um, in undergrad and think, oh, like, you know, like would be like, like, oh man, I wish I could drink or I wish, you know, whatever. And the thing about it was I could drink, like I was a grown person, I was in school, I you know, could do what quote, quote unquote, whatever I wanted to. But I had made the decision not to drink, but I was so watching other people do it almost made me want to do it, even though I didn't really want to do it. And I hope that that makes sense. Um, but I think that like those kinds of experiences can start to make you question yourself or question your values or question what you really care about, even when you don't even think you want it, even when you know that thing is not for you. And so what I want to be, what I want you to know and, and what I want you to know the truth around is that you can be both happy for other people and grieving that it hasn't happened for you at the same time. Like both can be true at the same time. And if you're struggling with grief masked as jealousy, here are some strategies that can help you navigate through this. Number one, recognize that jealousy and grief are normal reactions and emotions. It doesn't make you a bad person because you're experiencing them. Jealousy is a normal reaction. Grief is a normal reaction. And sometimes we try to talk ourselves out of our jealous and grief moments. Well, I don't care what nobody think about me and I ain't going to be mad. I'm going to be sad. I ain't going to be mad or sad, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And that's fine. Like that, if that's how you're feeling and that's what you want to rock with, that's fine. If, but actually it's not fine because you need to recognize that you're human. You need to recognize that you're human, that you have human emotions and human experiences and jealousy and grief are just human emotions and human experiences. It's fine. You can be jealous. You can feel grief. You can be sad. It doesn't make you a bad friend. It doesn't make you a horrible person. It just means that you're human. Um, I invite you to talk to someone about how you're feeling. Um, this is strategy number two, a trusted friend or a therapist. They can help you set, sort out your emotions, ensuring that the jealousy and grief don't turn into um, anger or lashing out in, a, in an inappropriate way. So I think that sometimes when we experience jealousy, then we get defensive, right? So you, you're jealous, right? And then you get defensive saying you're not jealous. And then people are like, but you are jealous. And then you're like, I'm not jealous, da, 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 da. And now you've lost a friend because you were jealous when you could have just been humble enough to say, you know what, I am jealous. Wow, I'm really struggling with this. Like, I'm so happy for you, but it makes me so sad because I haven't experienced this yet. And um, and I'm sure my time is coming and blah, 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 blah. But in this moment, it, it really sucks, right? And so like, that's something that you can be honest about. That's something that you can like walk through. And, and to be honest, you don't always have to tell the person that you're jealous of. You can talk to another friend. You can talk to a therapist. You can sort out your emotions on your own because sometimes it is inappropriate, right? To bring the person who's experiencing a moment of joy, your sadness and jealousy. Like their moment of joy is not the time for you to like work through your jealousy with them. Um, like, you know, give them the space to experience joy and you just walk away basically and, you know, deal with your grief and jealousy somewhere else. And it's okay to maybe come back to them later and say what you were experiencing and what you were going through and how it was a challenge for you. Like, it's okay to come back to that, but in their moment of joy, maybe don't work it out with them. <laughs> right. Like, I want you to like go through, maybe like work through that thing on your own or with a therapist before you bring it to them. Number three, find some joy. Where is your life full? Where are you finding fulfillment right now? Maybe it's not in the place where your friend is experiencing joy, that place where you're feeling a little jealous or a little grief, right? Maybe you're not able to um, 
get past that that jealousy and that grief and see joy in your life in that area. But maybe you're excelling in school or maybe um, you're in a great marriage um, and you are loved in that space or, you know, maybe your kids are bringing you joy or maybe your favorite TV show is getting another season and that's bringing you joy, right? Like where you're, like when you're experiencing jealousy and grief, you want to think about where you aren't experiencing jealousy and grief. Like what can you pour into? What can you lean into? Where can you find some joy, right? And really focus on that. And then the final strategy I want to share with you and invite you into is to do the work. Um, you you don't know um, what the person you're jealous of had to do to get what they got, right? You don't know um, what it feels like to have that experience because you ain't had it. Um, or not, and you've definitely not had it in the way that they have. So if you're not where you want to be in your life, when you feel this feeling, um, you know, of jealousy or grief, that means it's time to do the work, right? That means it's time to make the investment. That means it's time to be humble enough to get some help. That means it's time to make an intentional commitment to not be in the same place six months from now, right? So like if you are just super jealous because your friend just lost a whole bunch of weight and you see her out here in this bikini and on the yacht, you know, face down, ass up, and you too want to be face down, ass up, then sis, hit the gym, like hit it, like let's go, like get the trainer, hit the gym. Or if she, if she had the surgery, ask her who her surgeon is and get your coin together so that you can get the tuck and the lift. Like I just don't, like it's okay to experience grief and jealousy, like that's a normal reaction, but you just don't want to stay there. Make sure you're not in the same place, jealous and grieving six months from now, right? And no, with this type of grief, I'm not talking about like death or passing, right? That 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 is much more longer process or whatever. But I am talking about like if you experience this, just make sure you're not in the same place, experiencing it in the same way six months from now. I want you to have moved on in some way. I want you to have grown, developed, um, evolved in some way. If this is helpful, let me know. Um, I definitely like have come a long way in my own thoughts about jealousy and grief. I've experienced it. I think I've seen other people experience it on like my behalf, being jealous and grieving over my success. And I just want folks to know this is a normal thing um, that that it's okay. There's no shame and guilt in it. And furthermore, like um, it's 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 something that we can work through. We don't have to stay stuck there. And I digress. So last but not least, this week is TVT. And this week, I want to talk about one of my favorite shows, drama series, New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam is a... Um, 60 minute drama um, and it comes on NBC. Uh, it, it's in its third season and I've been watching it um, for, gosh, I mean, all three seasons. I love it. Um, Dr. Max Goodwin and all of the um, doctors in the show are just really phenomenal. And I love, love, love the stories that they're able to tell on this show. I think they do such a good job of like telling really dynamic stories with each character. No one's pigeonholed, no one's in a corner. Um, and what's interesting is that I have watched this show for the first two seasons and I actually did not realize that season three was out. Um, I didn't like, I didn't realize it, but I binge watched season three three over the last like 
uh, last week or whatever. And so I'm really, I'm caught up. I don't think I'm caught up on every um, episode, but I'm caught up for the most part. Um, and so, 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 so good. So good. And I want to talk specifically about one of the characters and one of the story arcs that they have and what they're going through, because I think that it's something that's not talked about enough. And I think it's a really beautiful story uh, to watch this character go through. And I have so much empathy for the character and how they're navigating the space. So that character is Dr. Iggy Fromm. Uh, Dr. Fromm is uh, one of the lead main characters in the show. Um, he is a white man um, who is gay and is in a relationship with a partner and they have several adopted kids, um, like three or four adopted kids. And the stories most recently chronicle Dr. Iggy's um, issues with food. Uh, he has an eating disorder where he binge eats. Um, he often will um, like hoard like snacks and sugary foods and cakes and cookies. He eats them when he's sad um, or feeling anxious. Um, he had a very abusive father who would sort of talk about his weight, make him take his clothes off, take pictures of his body, um, called him really mean and disgusting names um, throughout his childhood. And he has continued to carry that struggle like with him um you know throughout his adult life and one of his colleagues uh, uh dr lauren bloom called him out on it um you know basically saying hey it looks like you have an eating disorder and like you need some help and you should know that dr iggy uh, from on the show, he's a um, psychiatrist. He's a, and so he's like, I know this. I don't have an eating disorder. I'm just on a diet. Um, this, Ryan Seacrest is on this diet. You know, this is what I do. You need to worry about your own self. You know, blah 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 blah. And he like goes through right. And what we now know, and what many of us know, right, are the classic symptoms of denial. The classic symptoms of like hiding and shame around um, addi an addiction, right, or a disorder. And, you know, Dr. Fromm is, you know, like in my view of him, like on the show, right? Like I don't see him as morbidly obese. He's a white, relatively wealthy, well-off man. Um, and that's just not the normal picture of eating disorder, right? When you, when you, the normal picture of eating disorder is a prepubescent white girl that's like super thin is like throwing up over a toilet bowl. And that's not him. That's not who he is. And so to see like somebody in a different body struggle with the eating disorder, I think is, I don't want to say it's good imagery, but I do think it's powerful to know that eating disorders don't just belong to one group of people, right? And to help normalize and humanize eating disorders in a way that we can have compassion for other people who might be struggling with food. Um, and it's really, obviously, it's very sad to see. It's it's very sad to, to see someone so openly struggle um, with that, even though it's a character, obviously. But I think that it's good to see, because again, I hope that it helps normalize and humanize the lived experience around food and people who have disorders and problems and helps us maybe recognize that in other people, right? So we can have a little bit more grace and a little bit more support for people who might be experiencing this. So if you're not currently watching New Amsterdam, please, please, please check it out. Again, it's a medical drama on NBC. It's been out since 2018. It is outstanding and definitely check out the story of Dr. Iggy from
That wraps up this week's episode of School and Life. Thank you so much for listening and for being big fans of the show. We are approaching a pretty big milestone here um, pretty soon. Uh, we will be um, approaching five years of School and Life, five years of life, love, and occasionally libation. So we'll be having some big ways to celebrate that, some special guests, and maybe even some giveaways. So check out those um, and be a, be, be a, keep abreast of those by following us on social Again, um, we are nearing um, 100 followers on Instagram. So tell a friend to tell a friend. I want to see us hit that milestone by our fifth year. Um, so make sure you um, check that out on Instagram. Again, it's Instagram.com backslash School on Life podcast. Also check us out on Facebook. It's at School on Life pod. Um, and you can check out our website at www.schoolonlifepod.com. Thanks so much for listening. School's out class dismissed.